back to Ministers in the Making. I'm Paul Horstmeyer, here with my co-host, John Carolis. On today, we have another guest in the studio. Uh, very excited to hear from Paul Dickerson, a fellow second-year seminarian with, with us. So, Paul, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, what you did before coming to seminary, you know, all that, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. So, um, like you said, second-year, second-career student. Uh, my wife, Pamela, and I, we've been married for 12 years now. Uh, we've got two kids. Uh, Jack is nine. Uh, Sarah is going to be four uh, later this week. Uh, and we are from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, I grew up there. Pam grew up just a little bit outside of Ann Arbor, between uh, Ann Arbor and Detroit uh, in that area. And uh, we both kind of lived there our whole lives. So um, we went away a little bit here and there, but for the most part, that's always been home for us. Um, after undergrad, uh, I went to law school, uh, and following law school, I worked as an assistant prosecutor for seven years uh, in that capacity. Uh, Pam uh, held a bunch of different jobs, uh, but most recently, before we came down here, she was the manager of the Common Cup Coffee House. So that is a coffee house ministry. Uh, it was part of our home church, University Lutheran Church. It's right on the University of Michigan's campus, uh, and really was, uh, it was a really cool place in terms of where uh, students on campus who had faith could come and kind of feel like this was their home turf because it was in a church. Yeah. Uh, and then students who didn't have any faith could come and feel like it's their home turf because it's a coffee shop and a place to study. Yeah, right. Um, and so you'd get these really weird mixes of, <laughs> you know, at one table there'd be someone going over kind of the physiology of the brain and studying for the finals. And then at the next table there'd be a Bible study going on and kind of all this noise happening at the same time. So, um Pretty cool, yeah. I guess that's us. So, so were you involved with the coffee shop as well? A, a little bit. I was um, an elder at the church. Uh, I was uh, congregation president. So, at the time we were there, uh, that site, that building was um, congregation was part of a multi-site church. So there was uh, University Lutheran Chapel on Michigan's campus. There was St. Luke, uh, which was more on the Ann Arbor Ypsilanti border. If anybody's familiar with that area. And then Living Water was up north in Whitmore Lake, so about a 20-minute drive out. And the three of them were working together as one church under one model. Uh, and I got to got to be a part of the lay leadership of that. All right, great. Um, so that sort of, sort of probably plays into why you ended up at seminary. Can you tell us a little bit about that decision and the, how that ended up happening and, and why you came to the seminary? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a long story and a short story all at once, so let's see if I can— it quickly. Um, doing the stuff with elder and president and things like that, there were, uh, anybody who's done that always knows there's always challenges. You kind of you see behind the veil a little bit and see how everything works, and uh, it's not always as pretty as maybe we'd hope it would be. Right, yeah. So um, there were a lot of challenges with that, but even though it wasn't always fun, I, I found that I really enjoyed the work. Uh, it was good work, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so as kind of my law career was progressing, um, him and I started talking about, you know, is this going to be, uh, this being a prosecutor, is that going to be something you do for 20, 30, 40 years? Uh, and there's some people that do that, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't think that was for me. And so we started thinking about what might the next step in a career be. And we started talking about, well, maybe it's um, private practice. I'd had my own practice for a year before joining the prosecutor's office. So oh, okay. I'd done that before. Um, but kind of with this idea of either consulting with churches or representing churches or somehow part of my law practice would be kind of a ministry to churches and assisting uh, in whatever way I could. 
Um, but the more we prayed about it and talked to other people, and um, it, it was a, a lot of really strange experiences from um, dreams and sermons that just kind of, <laughs> you know, get your attention yeah. to um, different people who we hadn't specifically asked to pray for us were telling us different things. And um, the more we thought about it, the more it seemed like God was inviting us to come to seminary. And so uh, we, we had to take that seriously. And that's kind of where the wrestling started with it. Um, we only took one visit here. Uh, it wasn't really about is this a good school for us, but more is this the right step for our family. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it wasn't wasn't like visiting undergrads or visiting law schools or anything like that. Um, and, and the biggest thing we had to figure out was is uh, is this the right is this what God's actually inviting us to do? Um, or are we just kind of in our own heads? Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the big, big challenges because mm-hmm. it, it's, I think it's easy to think about the idea of being a pastor and maybe there's something about you that's really, really special or that, that the idea of being a pastor really interests you. Um, but I think when you kind of get those voices from the outside, um, different people who know you well or maybe don't know you well, um, saying, hey, maybe this is something you should consider, then you kind of got to decide, is, is God, does God still speak or not? And, and that's kind of where it came down to for us, because if we believe that he still had things to say, still had direction for our lives, still had uh, stuff that he wanted us to be doing, then that means he was inviting us to seminary. If we didn't think any of that was true or possible anymore, then we can just ignore it all, and it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other piece was, uh, how are we going to provide for our family? Because it's, um, I think a lot of guys straight out of undergrad, I don't want to say it's an easier decision. It's just a very different decision. Sure, yeah. Um, because you're thinking mostly for yourself, and yep. you can do that. Um, and that's a good thing. Uh, when you've got a family, you're thinking about uh, you're thinking about the kids, you're thinking about your wife, um, and how do you uh, pick up and move, and you know, where's, where's stuff going to get paid for? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, it was a real challenge in terms of where do, how do I think that happens? Is it, is it me? Is it my career? Is it my abilities? Uh, is it kind of this, you know, little thing that I've built over the last eight years that does all of that? Or, uh, is it God? And if he's inviting us to come, I think he can figure out how to, uh, make it all work and make sure we'll be okay. And, um, he has, it's been pretty incredible. So. Wow. Great. Yeah. Uh, so. A lot of the guys around here have sort of like family connections to the ministry. Um, my dad's a pastor, uh, as an example. Um, it doesn't sound like there necessarily is a lot of that going on for uh, for you and Pam. Uh, could you touch on that a little bit at all? Or, or yeah, no, no, uh, no pastors in our family. Um, my mom was a uh, Lutheran elementary school teacher for a short time, but. Uh, she'd switched careers before I was born, so um, I didn't really know any of that part yeah. of her life yeah. uh, other than through stories. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of grew up in the Lutheran church, um, probably like a lot of guys, mm-hmm. uh, drifted away a little bit during high school and college, and it was just, I don't even know if you can really say it was a huge part of my life. It was just kind of something that sure. uh, I would say is part of my life, but if someone was looking from the outside, they might not necessarily right. <laughs> know it. Um, but, uh, yeah, just kind of stuck around long enough where um, a couple good friends of ours were involved, and then that's how I ended up getting into leadership as uh, a pastor 
I don't want to say he <coughs> cornered me into being an elder, but <laughs> um, it was kind of one of those, hey, can you help me with something? Here, go do this. And then mm. it just kind of snowballed from there. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that that is very interesting. I, you know, this is the first time I've heard you talk a lot about all this stuff. So it's really, you know, great to hear this, you know, really unique perspective with everything. And I know um, we're talking with a few other guys that have come in, uh, having come from a different career and with a family, sometimes they'll be able to do their vicarage and sort of like their last year, their deferred vicarage and not go out with all the rest of the second years. Um, are, did you ever consider that or are you doing that or? Yeah, uh, good, good question. Um, we did consider it. Uh, we thought about it, uh, probably when we first came hmm. as, uh, as we started thinking about yours, kind of looking forward to that next step. And so, um, we were thinking about what that might look like for us. And then, uh, for various reasons, we kind of thought maybe no. Uh, and then we had our meeting with Dr. Nielsen, um, and it was back on the table after hmm. that. Oh. And so for the past few months, we've been kind of going back and forth as to is this the right step or not and looking at um, there's some real advantages to deferring vicarage. Uh, there's some real drawbacks, too, hmm. um, especially relationally. Hmm. There's, uh, I mean, as you guys know, as, as you kind of go together as a class, you, you develop this camaraderie that um, I didn't really realize until I started thinking about deferred and talking to guys about deferred, and it's just like, oh, yeah, we won't see each other anymore after this. Mm. Uh, and that um, that's when it kind of hit home for me, some of the impact on that side of it. Uh, so uh, we've decided to ask for a local vicarage. Hmm. Um, we, we thought that kind of covers both things. It keeps yeah. us here. It doesn't make us move the kids. Um, but it also keeps us on the same track with our class. And sure. um, uh, even our kids, uh, a lot of their friends here are from families that are in our class. Mm. And so uh, it, it keeps that together and gives a little more stability that yeah. way, too. Uh, don't know if we'll get it. It's up to, um, up to Dr. Nielsen and the yeah. presidents and, uh, and ultimately God, but yeah. uh, that, that's our request. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, and well, and speaking of sort of considering your family and all these decisions, um, how have they, you know, kind of settled in? Have there been any, you know, uh, maybe difficulties that you weren't expecting or you know how has that sort of been that transition been and settling in and how has the seminary at all if any if at all um helped you guys uh to really feel um settled here yeah um <clears throat> I, I think uh we've all kind of had a different experience so um i'll start with my daughter uh she's had it pretty easy um she's just turning four she was two when we moved here, she's just happy to be around mom and dad and big brother. And um, yeah, at the woods, there's that, uh, there's a circle, the little cul-de-sac there that the kids ride their bikes around. And so um, she's really enjoyed having kids her age right there. She can go outside. Um, and it's, it's been nice for us because, you know, we trust the people here. Um, you know, it's, it's very different than, not that our neighbors back home were untrustworthy. It was just a very different lifestyle yeah. in yeah. terms of kids being outside. And so that's been a real blessing here. Um, uh, for my son, it's been a lot harder. Uh, he and uh, my mom, so his Oma, his grandma, uh, were very close um, all from the beginning. She would watch him uh, two or three days a week um, oh, wow. back at home. Uh, a lot of times she'd uh, be the one picking him up from school or things like that. And so... Um, moving away from her and away from home and friends like that, uh, it took him probably three or four months 
before we really started noticing that, okay, he's getting comfortable again. He's making friends again. Um, this year has been really good for him. Uh, and just kind of the way the mix has worked in terms of other kids on campus, there's a group of probably about a dozen uh, boys within a year or two of his age. And so oh, sure. um, I think that's really helped things. And who knows what it's going to be like next year because there's so many families coming and going every year. Yeah. But um, everything else in terms of school and uh, where we're living and things like that is going to be the same. So um, it, it took him a lot longer than maybe Pam or I thought it would. But uh, he's doing much better now. Um, Pam, I think, was kind of in the same boat as Jack for a little while. Um, she didn't really know anybody coming onto campus. There was, uh, there was one family we knew from our home church that they're now on Vicarage, uh, the Finks, that um, her and Kelsey became really good friends. There were a couple fourth years she became good friends with last year. Mm -hmm. But, of course, then they moved away, so it's kind yep. of doing it all yep. over again. Uh, but I think, um, I think some of the women's groups, the classes uh, that are offered here, um, the uh, Seminary Wives Association, she's got involved in that, uh, have been really good for her in terms of giving her not only um, connections uh, to other women on campus, uh, but also just uh, kind of an outlet for some of her creative stuff. Mm. So she's been involved in uh, like the field day this fall. She helped, did a lot of work with the ball just this last week. Yeah. So um, that, that's given her an outlet for those things that mm -hmm. uh, I think if she doesn't have something specific to work on, she might not do it uh, as much. And so sure. uh, that's been really good. Um, for me, I think uh, I might have had it the easiest, but <laughs> mostly because there's just always something to do. Um, there, there's, <laughs> there's not a lot of time to sit around and think about um, how things used right, to be. Right, right. <laughs> You know, and as soon as you do, then there's a whole stack of books just waiting yep. for your attention. Yep. Um, but but I will say it's it doesn't happen as often anymore. But especially first year, every uh, every week uh, when we first got here, and, and probably um, at least once once a month still, you just you know I'll wake up and I'll kind of look at the room, uh, our, our bedroom, or you know, I'll be sitting in my desk working, and then I'll just think, how did this happen? Because <laughs> you kind of get this moment, it's like, you know, n not that things aren't going well, but it's just like, this isn't, this isn't the path that I was on. I right. Should, you know, I should be uh, in my office back in Michigan. Uh, you know, we should be at our house back in Michigan. And, yeah. and um, just that kind of, I don't know if it's a disconnect, but just the difference in it uh, and seeing the change and that before there was just, maybe not a specific plan for how life would look, but just this basic assumption that it would still look the way it does uh, now, five years from now, and just kind of this rolling, it's just going to be yeah. normal. Mm -hmm. Sort of um, a natural progression building yeah, on itself. Yeah, it's just the house is going to stay the same. We don't have any plans to move. The job's going to stay the same. We don't have any plans to change that. Um, but now it's all changed. And so every <laughs> once in a while you you notice that. And um, and you know change is coming, too, with the uh, right. vicarage and placement and things yeah, like that. Yeah, change is the new normal. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for, for uh, sharing that with especially the personal things about the family yeah. and, and yourself. Um, you know, we, we kind of like to take this conversation in a direction where you're speaking sort of to potential students and guys thinking about coming to seminary, particularly guys who uh, – aren't coming straight out of school, aren't, uh, who might be doing something else with their life, not necessarily ministry-related. Um, so first, uh, has that transition from not being in sort of the classes mindset that, uh, you know, like 
Paul and I coming out of college, we were taking classes a semester before school or before the summer before school started here last year. Has the change from sort of professional life going back into an academic style of uh, practices and patterns, um, how was that transition for you? Uh, that uh, it, it took a little while, but it went a lot better than I thought it would. Um, and part of that is, you know, I've I've had far too much school. Um, Pam <laughs> likes to joke. I'm like in 22nd grade or something ridiculous. It's true. Like you're that. doing grad school again. Yeah, again. So um, it, it's something I've it, it's it's a skill I've developed is school <laughs> uh, for better or worse. But um, I think a lot of the work habits that I developed uh, on the career side in terms of just when things need to be done, how to juggle different projects. Um, those are things I didn't necessarily have when I was in school before. Uh, and they've been a huge asset uh, coming here, especially with um, other things pulling me away, you know, family, stuff like that, from uh, all of the schoolwork all the time. And, and that's to, a good thing. You've had to learn the balance before even. Uh, right, yeah. right. And, and I've seen that, um, yeah, bearing a lot of fruit in, in this adventure. Yeah, and so in specific to you, like, have you seen your experience as a lawyer and uh, assistant to a prosecutor? Have you seen that having any sort of impact on like what you've been learning or any of the stuff here at seminary at all? Um, it, there's some connections. Uh, I, I think uh, a lot of the, I'll say a lot of the skills are the same in terms of being able to um, being able to analyze a text, being able to follow the flow of an argument. Um, even some of the public speaking stuff and being comfortable up in front of other people. Um, a, a lot of that is the same. Uh, but there's a lot of it that's different, too. Um, and I think sometimes, uh, sometimes I think people have the assumption that just because, you know, I was an attorney before, it's just going to be automatic one-to-one -one transfer, easy fit to, to do a lot of the task of a pastor. Mm. Um, and I haven't necessarily found that. Uh, I'd say one of the one of the more difficult transitions um, that I didn't realize until just even a few a uh, few months ago, probably last term, was you know when you start a career you don't know how to do anything, yeah. and and you spend a lot of time and energy doing tasks just learning how to do it. Yeah. So you know, take a project that would normally take someone ten hours to do. If you're new at it, it's going to take you 20 or 30 hours to do it. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of a, it's a frustrating process to learn that and work through that. But after you've been doing it for five, six, seven, eight years, you've gotten better at it enough, you're more efficient at it, that now you're, you're, you're kind of running on all cylinders and it's mm -hmm. going real smoothly. Um, in a lot of ways, I'm relearning that. <laughs> and and it's, uh, it didn't hit me until I think going through the HOM classes and writing sermons and things like that. And just how much time and energy it takes to learn how to do that and how to do it well. Um, maybe even I had that assumption that, you know, I've I've delivered closing arguments before. I've written briefs for, you know, courts of appeal. This should be this should be easy. I should have yeah. this skill set. Um, but I'm still learning how to do it in a sermon, and that's something different. And so, uh, kind of having that um, experience. Uh, dial reset, mm -hmm. where you've got to learn how to do these things again and just kind of, uh, 
I don't know, gain a minimum level of competence so that uh, the, you know, <laughs> your sermon doesn't take you 60 hours to write in a week because right, you don't you have, don't have 60 hours <laughs> to do it. Uh, you need it to get a lot quicker because there's other things you need to pay attention to. Um, so uh, I guess if there's a piece of advice for second career guys coming in, it's, uh, yeah, your experience is really going to help you and be a lot of uh, be a real asset uh, as you think through things a little bit differently than maybe someone coming straight out of undergrad will. But at the same time, there's a lot to learn from the ground up. And so um, be patient with yourself. Uh, you'll get it. It's just it takes time and you got to go through that cycle again because it's new. Yeah. You mentioned being patient with yourself. Do you find yourself to be sort of your harshest critic in, when it comes to sort of figuring out the balance and dealing with the fact that uh, you know, none of us are, are professionals at this, even if some of us were professionals at something else beforehand? Yeah, I, th I think so. Um, there's, you know, one of the things that uh, I guess I'd say is one of my passions, and maybe one of the reasons I'm here, is uh, I want to see the church be excellent. Um, and, and not just it, I don't know if you guys have heard this kind of phrase, like it's good enough for church work or, you know, you can just kind of scrape by and almost this idea that, well, it's the church. And so, um, you know, we can just kind of get by with the bare minimum because yeah, that's the best yeah. we can do. And, and I don't buy that. I, I think that, you know, this is this is the bride of Christ. We should be doing things bigger, better, with more excellence than anybody else because of the God we serve. Mm -hmm. And so um, the trap in that is thinking, that then that means it's my job to make that happen. <laughs> and yeah. so it's, you know, let's uh, let's do a third draft of this thing because, um, right. you know, there might be another typo yeah. in there. Or can I work this a little bit better? Or, hey, I've got a free 20 minutes. Let's, um, you know, let's get a little bit more done and not taking, uh, not taking the time for maybe those other vocations and other responsibilities you have. Um, and, and there's a, there's a real... Uh, there's a real trap, I guess, in the thinking of godlessness, that it's it's because it's my work and my efforts and my abilities that are going to you know, make the church look great and not the work of God that makes it look great. And I just get to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, speaking of that balance of the vocations and different responsibilities, are you busier as a seminarian uh, than when you were a lawyer? Good question. Um I'm going to say yes, but it's different. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'd say my, my normal schedule uh, before coming here back in Michigan, you know, I'd leave the house between 7 and 7.30, um, normally get home between 6 and 6.30. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty long day, uh, but I had an hour commute each way too, so that's a big piece of it. Yeah. Um, I'd normally have one or two church meetings a night during the week, um, but uh, I wasn't necessarily bringing a lot of work home with me. Mm. Um, that was kind of one of the rules that I had was you don't leave the work at the office because when you're home, I want to be home. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't able to do it always, but that was, for the most part, uh, I was pretty successful at that. Um, here it's very different because, you know, we live on campus. So everything's really close. <laughs> um, you know, there's homework. The idea is you do it at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so there's always that constant pull um, to, to fill up every hour mm -hmm. that you possibly can. Um, 
and I'll say I've got a lot more time uh, for my kids and family now okay. than I did. Uh, but I think part of that is the flexibility in the schedule. You've got a so three-minute three commute now walking over to class. Right. So there's a couple, you know, 10 hours a week there that I've picked up. Yeah. yeah um, that's which is not a small amount of time. Um, you know, if I want to, in the middle of an afternoon, spend time with my kids because it's a nice day out, I get to do that. Um, I couldn't do that before because I was an hour away and there's stuff to do in the afternoon yeah, that work yeah. expects you to be there. Um, so it's, I'd say it's busier. I have less time maybe to myself, but okay. um, more time to devote to a variety of um, responsibilities and, and ways to you know spend time with family and things like that. Yeah. Well, very good. Um, so we've got a few more minutes here just to, to kind of have two kind of final talking points. Um, just as a sort of general survey of your fieldwork experience, we kind of, if, if you mind sharing sort of the kind of church you're at, where it's located, and how that experience has been going for you. And then uh, just sort of a closing open mic statement to uh, recommendation for for anybody considering um, seminary in general and, and uh, you know, in particular to the, to the second career guys out there. Yeah, uh, so uh, field work. Uh, we are at Faith in Oakville. Um, it's a uh, pretty large church. Uh, they worship, I think, right around 1,000 on okay. a Sunday over three services. Sure. Uh, they've got a second campus over in Columbia, Illinois, so just across the river that uh, I think just this Sunday coming up is going to go to two services. So they're, oh. they're kind of growing and, and doing stuff there. Uh, I think they're around two or 300 uh, that they worship. Um, all contemporary style services. So um, something uh, Pam and I are more familiar with uh, from back home. That's kind of yeah. what we grew up with and are yeah. most comfortable with. Uh, so that's been really good. The uh, kids' ministry there is um, it's pretty big, pretty involved. Um, th their staff has been great about helping our kids get adjusted, uh, and that's been one of the nice constants uh, for our kids is uh, the fieldwork church. Um, I know there's, uh, between years, kind of an opportunity. If you want to look at going to a different fieldwork church, uh, you can request that. And our big thing was, no, we want that stability uh, mm -hmm. for our kids because it's a good spot for them. For sure. Um, a lot of really good experiences, the staff there, the pastors, uh, Pastor John, Pastor Chris, there's actually two Pastor Johns there, um, <laughs> really good at, uh, feedback on sermons and things like that. So, uh, yeah, good experience. Nice. Um, maybe good. not a lot in terms of, uh, doing traditional worship. Um, so if, if I'd say there's a hole in, in my experience, it's that, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's not what they do and that's not who they are. Yeah. And so, um, I think one of the things that I've learned from there is, as a church and as a congregation, be really good at who you are and what you do, and don't necessarily try to be and do everything for everybody, um, yeah. because that's a real good way to spread yourself thin and not right, be right. really don't, good at anything. Don't yeah. try to cover too much ground. Yeah, just uh, be, be, again, be excellent at what you do, mm -hmm. um, and, and trust that God's going to take care of everybody else who's not a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, uh, you said there are two. Th what's number two? Yep, Remind yep. me. The, uh, the recommendation, <coughs> sort of the, the what would you say to, uh, to somebody considering it if they were in, in this room or listening to this podcast or whatever? Yeah. Um, I would say a few things. Get as much outside advice as you can uh, from family, from friends, from people at church. Um, talk to guys here. Uh, get as many perspectives as you can. Uh, and in particular, get as many people praying for you as you can. 
Um, you know, I said before, I think it's really easy just to uh, kind of get in your own head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start playing this game of, you know, I think maybe we're supposed to go, wait, is that just me being selfish and, you know, building up my own ego or not? And you just kind of bat it back and forth and you don't really get an answer yeah. uh, that way. Um, you know, I think this idea that uh, God's word comes to us from the outside holds true for are, are you uh, invited to come to seminary or not? So uh, listen to the people around you, uh, people who are faithful, who you know are listening to God, uh, and, and talk to them as much as you can. Um, I would say, uh, this sounds kind of silly, uh, don't worry about how you're going to pay for it too much. Um, <laughs> you don't want to ignore it. Uh, don't don't right. be, don't be yeah. stupid about it. Uh, but... Um, God's going to provide. There's a ton of resources down here. Um, all of the stuff that's going on with tuition, uh, take a look at that. Talk to the admissions guys about that. They can tell you uh, there's a lot of aid here. Um, the food bank, huge blessing. Um, the resell it shop, huge blessing. Uh, everything from your fieldwork congregation to adopt a student people uh, and sponsors. Um, there is a lot of help here uh, for guys who are um, trying to figure out how do I provide for my family while going to seminary. Um, jobs on campus, uh, opportunities for wives to find employment. There's, uh, there's a lot of resources and a lot of different ways that God can uh, take care of that for you. Uh, so you can trust in that. It's, yeah. it's there. Um, and, and then the last thing I'd say, uh, and this might not be for everybody, but if you can, live on campus, uh, especially if you've got younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really different being on campus and being around other families that are going through the same thing, especially sure. with kids, uh, then I can imagine commuting back and forth. Um, if, if you're commuting and your family's not on campus, I think it just makes it that much harder for them to get integrated and, and, to, and to be a part of what's going on uh, in campus and to kind of go on this uh, formation journey with you instead of having it just be, you know, this is a thing dad's doing. Um, and, and I think... You know, when you look at, uh, I know for us, um, being able to walk my son to school, huge blessing. Uh, he's down at Captain Elementary. It's a public school here, but it's its property adjoins the seminary's property. Mm-hmm. So we it's walk ac- across campus in the morning, and he's at school, and we walk across and we pick him up. Um, and those walks, even as a chance for him and I to connect or for him to connect with Pam, yeah. uh, have been really big. Um, you know, I mentioned the circle where all the kids play around, the barbecues mm-hmm. that happen yep. during the summer. Um, there's just a lot of unplanned, unstructured, impromptu opportunities um, to make friends and, and, and to be a community and uh, find support for things that aren't going well, to give support and, and kind of um, you know, practice that ministry side a little bit of, of how, do we, how do you live with neighbors and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'd say if, if you can swing it, live on campus. It, it's a good thing. It's well worth it. Yeah, well, uh, thank you so much again for coming in today, for sharing some of these stories with us. Uh, I think it's important as uh, we are considering the future for for ourselves as students and as um, people are considering the future for themselves, whether they uh, are are debating about coming to seminary or not, um, it's important for us to share in those experiences and thoughts together. So, uh, Paul and I really appreciate your coming in and sharing with us. Um, And to to those of you listening in, we appreciate uh, the support. Look forward to hearing your feedback, and uh, we will talk to you next time.